Hello everyone and welcome back to the uh, 17th episode of the Treetop Chat. Uh, we have started a new little spin on YouTube which we will call the uh, Treetop Chat Clips. And here you will be able to see two to five minute clips of some of the greatest moments on the Treetop Chat. So uh, if there's any uh, episodes you missed or you want to see some of the best clips, uh, please tune in to our YouTube channel and uh, check it out there. Um, so last week we spoke to ArborTech and had a great conversation about some of their new products as well as their history and development as a brand. Uh, with that being say, uh, said, we now have um, the latest ArborFlex um, range in stock, some of them at least, um, meaning that you can order um, the new products. Um, uh, unfortunately, their factory is closed uh, throughout August, but we have some, some of the items uh, here uh, in the store. So um, I'll show you just a little quick uh, glimpse of what it is. So this is uh, this is the base layer. Uh, this is actually where the chainsaw protection is. So this uh, class one type A. Um, so uh, this is uh, the piece that goes underneath, and then you combine it with uh, you know the skin, uh, which is available in different colors and, and uh, models. So this is the pro skin in purple. Um, this can be used as a standalone kind of trouser as well, uh, if you don't need the chainsaw protection, but together with the base layer, it forms, you know, the, the, the class one type A uh, chainsaw protection pants. We also have those little babies in stock now, uh, the new accessories uh, uh, lock version from DMM uh, in nine different colors. Very nice ones, uh, new colors as well. So um, uh, today we will be speaking tree care company they do all sorts of things related to tree care and have become one of the most uh, respected brands and companies in Denmark uh, Peter Gunira is run by Moses uh, who we're speaking to today uh, Moses has a lot of hands-on experience uh, as the European tree workman and he's uh, the, the founder and the owner uh, of the business so if you have any questions for him today uh, feel free to type them out, and we will try to answer them uh, as we go. With that being said, Moses, welcome on. How are you? Thanks a lot. I'm good. And you? I'm good. I'm good. How's your summer been so far? Um, we just uh, returned from two weeks of uh, vacation, so uh, that's always a little hard going uh, straight back to work. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Good, good. Is it, is it as warm in, in, uh, in Denmark as it is in Sweden today? Yeah, it's super hot. We uh, it's been uh, between twenty five and thirty, so we've been yeah, sweating yeah. like pigs all day. Yeah, we had we had thirty one here during lunchtime. Yeah, then it's really hot, uh, also in the shop. I, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit how you became involved in the arborist industry and your process of becoming a European tree worker. Did you have Did you have any careers before becoming a, a, an arborist? Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I actually started out in the maritime world, so and uh, did that come through? Well, you know, we had we had some some issues with the Wi-Fi here, so um, I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> so we, we have to start right. over. I just start <laughs> sorry again. about that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, well, yeah, I just I grew up sailing as a kid, uh, so my background is in the maritime world. Uh, I've been, yeah, doing all kinds of sailing from, yeah, uh, on a professional level as a professional sailor, and um, yeah, I'm also an officer in the Merchant Marine. Um, 
I, uh, I took uh, education as a wooden boat builder. Uh, and then okay. went away from that for a few years, uh, worked in the sports industry um, as a, a sales manager and a um, um, shop manager. And I just got so sick and tired of, uh, of that kind of that world with uh, so many phone calls the whole time, looking at elk sales sheets, uh, driving, uh, okay. you know, 600 hours uh, a year in my car and uh, stuff like that. So oh, wow. I decided for, uh, for a career change. And, and since oh, I've been climbing, uh, yeah, for almost 30 years now, um, I, uh, yeah, I, all of a sudden I just woke up one morning and thought, well, maybe, uh, yeah, looking into tree work, maybe that would be a, a cool uh, way to work. And I decided to, to, to give it a try, and I haven't looked back since. Oh, nice, nice. So, you know, you've been long, you know, a long time in the industry. What would you say is the biggest thing, has, you know, which has changed the arbor industry since you started? Well, I haven't been uh, in the industry for that many years, so so not uh, much have, uh, have changed, unfortunately. Uh, I think there's uh, a lot of things that uh, that should change, but uh, haven't uh, done it yet. So uh, yeah, uh, I think there's uh, still uh, a lot of uh, old school mentality um, around tree work. Um, we are very often looked at as, as uh, unskilled labor, uh, even though that we do a highly professional. Uh, a job that requires a lot of um, a lot of uh, skill and, uh, and a lot of craftsmanship, and we're not uh, really getting the credit for that. So I hope that will change in the future if we just keep on evolving and, and keep on uh, learning and, and, and spreading the word that, that we are actually professionals uh, in this, and we, we we care about trees, we know about trees, and we're not just someone who uh, who are out there with a chainsaw to to cut uh, everything down. Yeah, I agree with you fully. Uh, so, uh, what made you uh, start Fifty uh, Gamera? Well, you know, what was the process behind that? Yeah, well, when I first came into the industry, I was working uh, for another tree care company, and uh, I just found that they are, it was very old school company, uh, like a third generation uh, kind of uh, guy who was running the business. And even though that I was working with a young uh, guy who was also uh, who, who was a European who was a European tree worker. They were doing things very like traditionally and like old school climbing, uh, taking a lot of risk, uh, heavy lifts and stuff like that. And uh, I just, on the long term, I just couldn't handle the the, the the lack of safety. I mean, they they had so big disrespect for for safety, and so that kind of um, made me think, uh, you know, ahead of time, like looking at the future, what I wanted to do with my life and my work life, and. And I decided that I didn't want to work in a company like that. I looked around at some of the big companies here in Denmark, and I didn't really uh, see what I what I, <laughs> I didn't like what I what I saw. So um, yeah. I decided it was probably um, be the best solution to to just start my own company, even though that I was uh, like hadn't been in the in the in the industry for for that long, and, and I didn't have that much experience. Um, but even I, I just uh, felt that it was right to uh, to do it, even though that. I would probably, I knew I would probably make many mistakes uh, and, and, and learning along the way, and uh, that has pretty much been the case. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my decision, and, uh, and, and being able to, to, to run things your own way is, uh, is a big plus, and, 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 and some of the, one of the, the main aspects that keep me, mo keep me motivated uh, to, to, uh, to work in this, uh, this business. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I suppose you know the the name Fiti Gamir comes from the the fairy tale of the uh, 
diligent end and the, the lazy grasshopper. So how did you decide to take that name? Well, it was actually my friend who came up with the, with the, with the word and we were just we were brainstorming. And there's so many, so many companies that have basically the same name that has you know, some, some letters uh, and then tree care at the end of it. Uh, or tree felling, um, and 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 you can't really tell them apart. And and if you hear a name, you can't remember it five minutes later. So we wanted to get something that that really stuck out. Yeah. Uh, so my my friend came up with it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Like uh, laborious ant, that uh, kind of like the the work uh, ethic that we put behind it, that like hardworking um, people. The, that sounds good. Um, and then we. Um, we got a graphic designer to to make the logo, and uh, I think she did a really fantastic job. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the whole like thought process behind it was to try to find a, a name and a logo and a, like a a presence that, that people remember. So we don't have like any phone number, website, email, anything like that on the on the car. Only the name, and and yeah. even the, on, on our our, our shirts. Um, even though it, it says Arborist on the back, we only have like the the, the name of the company, nothing else. Uh, so kind of having that um, like having that self confidence to to just have the name and nothing else, um, and just building from there. Uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah, people can, can remember the name. So, uh, anyway, huh? Sorry, I suppose people will find you anyway. Yeah, that well, name. I mean. People, people see something and they just Google it. I mean, like, 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 like we all do. So when we see something, we just Google it. So we don't need to put. Exactly. I mean, some people have like a whole menu of, of stuff on the back of their van, and, and nobody can can read it on, on the highway going 120 kilometers an hour anyway. So actually, there there is there is a company with the same name here in Sweden. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, but they do a completely different thing. Yeah. Cool. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the services you provide, you know. Uh, we know that you are doing anything from pre-felling to reductions and planting and stump grinding. And, you know, you seem to have a, a you know, pretty large portfolio of the services you provide. Yeah, well, we, we try to do the, the stuff that, we, uh, that we're good at and the stuff that we like, uh, that we enjoy doing. So, uh, so it's mostly about climbing. Um, so we do, uh, like... We climb most of the time. Uh, over the summer, we've been doing some some pruning, uh, like some fruit tree pruning and stuff like that. But uh, on uh, like on, on average, we we do a lot of climbing, and I think much more than than our competitors. Uh, and it's not like we are we don't want to do hedge trimming like uh, anything like that. But we just don't feel like uh, like like advertising that. Uh, and so far, it's been working pretty well. We've been doing a minimal of uh, of of, of stuff that we don't like, like uh, like trimming hedges. So um, so we do all kinds of tree work um, and and try to uh, to focus on the tree care side of it uh, more than filling. Uh, we have the saying that we always prefer to uh, to do tree care uh, instead of tree filling, um, and 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 that's why we also have a lot of, uh, of a lot of pruning. Uh, try to be really um, ethical in in our approach to it. Uh, to always uh, be the the, um, the the ambassador of, of the tree uh, and also uh, when, when people want to have a tree cut, uh, um, chopped or something like that we, uh, we we go into the discussion with the clients to tell them that it's actually not a 
a good thing to do. And uh, and and I would rather say no to a job than to uh, to take something on that uh, that I don't uh, um, that I'm that I don't agree with or, or who, that will hurt the tree and on the long term. So. Um, yeah, and, and and then it's just evolved uh, slowly from from the start. Uh, so uh, so we do a lot of like risk uh, risk free assessment, um, cabling of trees. Uh, yeah, a lot of pruning, a lot of filling. Uh, we have a stump grinder. Um, yeah, so a lot of things are uh, around uh, climbing trees, um, and that's what we really enjoy doing, and we have the passion for. So. Uh, yeah, and do do you provide your services, uh, you know, all over Denmark, or because you, you're based on Shetland, right? Yeah, we're based in, in Copenhagen. No, we we try to uh, we try to, to to stay in around Copenhagen uh, and and maybe an hour drive around uh, in our area to uh, just yeah. to to keep it a little local, um, so we don't end up driving a whole lot, uh, and, and and most of the. Most of the clients with uh, with money and with big trees, they live north of Copenhagen. So that's why we, where we do like ninety percent of our jobs is uh, is is in yeah north of Copenhagen in, in like a twenty kilometers radius. Yeah, I um, I, I can uh, I can you know from what you said earlier that you had your fair share of driving anywhere, right? So uh, keep it local. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, you have you know you have a very good uh, social media presence as a company, but a lot of the individuals at your company are are you know very uh, popular on, on social media as well. You know, uh, do you think that has helped your business? And um, well, it's helped in the way that we uh, have fun doing it, and uh, and it's fun every way, every day we go to work. It's fun, and, uh, and 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 being able to share with our colleagues around the world uh, what we do is is a really big part of it. Uh, it. It's fun to share what we do and also it's, it's really interesting to see what, what everybody else is doing and exchange ideas about climbing, about the new techniques and stuff. Um, I mean, I don't think Instagram is, is, is not contributing to, to the business side of it. It's, it's mostly just for fun, actually. Um, our clients is more uh, on Facebook. Um, so okay. yeah, so so I think I think Instagram is mostly for 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 the fun of it, and and also uh, yeah, exchanging ideas, and also all the people we've met at climbing competitions and and, and stuff. Uh, it's it's really a nice way to keep uh, keep in contact and and being able to uh, to uh, to get inspired and exchange ideas. So uh, we kind of touched on this before, but you know, where where do you think the European arborist industry is heading? Uh, you know. Um, what do, you, what do you think we can expect to developing over you know the next couple of years? Well, I'm, I, yeah, I hope we, it's going to develop in a good way. Um, I mean, I can definitely see some challenges uh, with regards to the CE standards and uh, and the way we we climb. Um, I hope that uh, that it'll be possible to uh, to get some common sense into into things as well. Um, like if we see our American colleagues with the, the, the approach they have to crane work, it's very different from, from our regulations here. So I hope uh, mm-hmm. that down the line we will be able to, 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 uh, to do more uh, uh, crane work like they do in the States. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it really depends on, on how the, 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 um, the, the regulations and the authorities are looking at sites, uh, their side of things, and also how we as a business can 
can promote our case and, and, and show that we are actually skilled professionals. And, and that can be hard sometimes when, when only there's a little uh, group of, of, of skilled arborists uh, trying to promote the business and then there's still a lot of uh, uh, old school uh, hacks who are doing their own uh, thing uh, and not following the rules and that makes it uh, a little tricky, I think. So is that is that something you see on a regular basis that people are not working in, in a safe manner? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of uh, part-time uh, guys in the business. Um, I took all my education on the on the Danish School of Forestry, which is a part of the the University of Copenhagen, and, and they do a lot of courses there. And a lot of people come to do a course in um, in climbing or in uh, in use of chainsaw. Um, so everybody wants to come and, and learn how to chop up trees, but they don't want to learn the, 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 the biology behind it. So, so the courses uh, involving biology and all these other things uh, that, that kind of is the basis of everything uh, are, are not being run because there's not enough people. Uh, and I think that, that is a big problem in, in the industry. I think if we want to move forward, uh, we need to, to, to rise to the level of... Uh, of um, yeah, of our skills and and, and the knowledge uh, among all of us, and I think we'll also be paid much more if uh, if we can uh, if we can look more professional. So I'm really trying to promote uh, that people read books, go to courses, go to seminars, um, yeah. get certified, uh, so we can so we can all like raise the bar and and and, uh, and and earn more money at the end of the day and have more fun doing it. Um, yeah. That we're not look, being looked as as is just some some sort of unskilled labor that everybody can do with the chainsaw. Hmm. But I suppose you have as rigid uh, legislation around chainsaws that we have in Sweden, right? Yeah, we have some of the, the same rules, not all the, the regulations. Uh, like in Denmark, we're not re required to, to, uh, to have a high-vis shirt on like you do in Sweden. In our company, we try to do it anyway uh, when we're working uh, with climbing and, and chainsaws because it just makes really good sense. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always that that balance. You try to to follow as many rules as you can, but there's always these uh, small uh, little gray zones. Uh, you know, uh, protective equipment, climbing equipment. Is it CE certified or not? Uh, uh, I really like this rope. Oh, I can't use it because it's not CE certified and and stuff like that. So we we try to to always uh, be on the right side of the of the fence. But it's 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 always a little tricky, and there's uh, definitely some some gray zones there. But but uh, yeah. It, it, I think compared to, to, to not following the rules at all and, and doing like working with a chainsaw without protective equipment at all, it, it's, it's like a whole nother world. So it's not, uh, it's, it's only for us, it's like the small details, but for other people, it's like they don't use chainsaw pants or they don't use proper climbing equipment. Or a lot of people are climbing trees, just one guy, no groundy, just, just one guy who comes out and, and, and climbs up in a tree and, and, and takes it apart. And, and that's just a, a big problem for for the industry and also for of course for the individual with with regards to safety and and also there of course they can offer their service at a lower price because they're only one guy okay uh so uh let's go to our standard question your favorite piece of gear of all times and why <laughs> it's a hard one i have a lot of uh, a lot of favorite uh, toys and um, at the moment my favorite piece of gear is the edelrid uh, Tree Ricks uh, harness. Um, oh. It's a it's a really cool harness. I've uh, since I started uh, climbing in the in the early nineties, I've been using Petzl uh, harnesses the whole time. 
like uh, okay. I don't know, I've had uh, maybe 10, 10 uh, 15 different uh, harnesses from Petzl and also um, in the rope access world where I've uh, also worked in, 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 in that side of the business in, in rope access and, and always used the Petzl uh, harness. But um, I decided to give it a try, the, the Edelred, the new Edelred harness, and it's a, it's a really comfy uh, uh, harness. It, it's, uh, I, I mean, for me, it, it's really... Um, It's really comfortable to uh, that you can change both between having a, like a traditional sports climbing type tying point and you can also have the more uh, lower um, uh, like bridge kind of attachment uh, connected to the lower D's. So it's, it's very much like uh, inspired by the by the three motion harness. Um, uh, but they invented a, a, a chest harness that comes with it um, that works really well when you are sending up the tree. So with a good um, with a good uh, knee ascender, it, it works really well. It's the best uh, ascent setup I've I've tried. Uh, it works really well, and uh, and then we are set up for for rescue uh, with a chest harness. It, it's much easier to rescue someone uh, if if they're hanging in the tree, uh, bent over uh, backwards. Uh, so so we always uh, climb with a chest chest harness, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a nice piece of uh, of, of equipment. Yeah, I, I actually have one here in the store, so uh, may, maybe you'll see some news, uh, you know, in the fall. <laughs> I, I, had, I had it here for a couple of months, so uh, we're kind yeah. of, you know. I think your people should actually you to try to try something different out in, in the stores and not always just, I see a lot of people when I'm in my local store uh, here, I see a lot of people who are, who are just going in and, and only trying two different harnesses. And but I mean, that's try, try it all. I mean, you, maybe you'll be surprised that uh, that that the, the the harness that that your friend is using and thinks is the best might not fit you. So I think it's it's a good idea to always be curious and 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 try different things. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell us a little bit about more about your company. You know, how many how many employees are you now? How have they grown, and you know, was it? How is it like running uh, you know, such a company on a day-to-day -day basis, for being active uh, on a daily basis yep. in, in the work as well? Well, it, uh, I started out um, just being me, and and that was really hard in the beginning uh, because always having to uh, to find someone uh, to uh, to contract with uh, for for the job. So every time I was. Uh, I was talking to a client. I always have to uh, tell them, "Well, oh, just let me just look in my calendar before I can say yes to this job." Um, so I decided I wanted to have someone uh, join the company. So a year and a half ago, uh, Felicia uh, joined the company as an apprentice, and uh, she's been really cool uh, in in the in the in the business. Uh, she's uh, almost finished her education uh, as a forest and uh, as a nature and forest uh, technician. Uh, so uh, actually, this week uh, another guy started. So now we have three people in the company. Uh, so that's really cool. And then I have some really, really uh, talented um, freelancers that I work a lot with: uh, Magnus Scrutter Magnus on on Instagram and Anton Banger, um, two two of, uh, of, of of the best uh, climbers around. Um, I'm fortunate enough to uh, to come and uh, to have come work for me. Uh, Once in a while, when we have uh, something uh, something big going on, so uh, yeah, that's that's helped uh, my my business a lot to to work with some of the some of the really experienced and and, and good guys. Nice. We're looking forward to follow your further development. Yeah. So so in terms of of, of you know you, you've been working with you know uh, 
different people, different arborists, different ages. So what would your best advice be to uh, somebody, to young arborists actually, uh, or somebody wanting to kind of, you know, go into this occupation? Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I actually uh, have been teaching some uh, courses at the, uh, at the Danish Forestry School in uh, innovation and, um, uh, and in entrepreneurship, uh, how to start up your own business. I think one of the most important things if you want to start your own company is, uh, is, is uh, building your, your network. Um, all the people that you know uh, that you might not consider as a network, but more as uh, friends and family. Um, that's what really helped me uh, get started in this business, to have all these people that, uh, that I know. From sailing, from someone I've just uh, met uh, once uh, 10 years ago on a cross-country ski trip or something like that. Everybody that I know, I've uh, tried to, um, to, uh, yeah, to just get the word out what I'm doing. Uh, and, and a lot of those uh, people have, uh, have, was my first clients to, to get the, the company started. So I think that's a really important side of it uh, to, to, to get a good uh, network both uh, client-wise, uh, but also like uh, where do I rent my, my equipment? Because in the beginning, you won't uh, have your own equipment, so you need to rent it. Where can I rent that with a good discount or with a good service? Um, and, and which other guys can I work with? I've worked with a lot of different people, and, and someone you, somebody, some of them you only work with once, <laughs> and, and some of them you, uh, you, you, uh, you find uh, that, 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 it, that you're really, uh, you know, uh, like working with and, and then uh, you, you develop a more close relationship um, and, and so yeah everything around networking is, is really important and I think also to doing the homework before you start your own company it, it's really boring to sit and, and do like a business plan uh, but it actually forces you to do all the all the critical uh, questions like all the answers all the, the questions that you will meet when you go to the bank or uh, to a leasing company to lease a car or whatever uh, all those uh, questions will you will be forced to to kind of answer in, in your business plan so so that's a, a good way to um, to go about it like do your preparation do your homework um, and the third thing is um, is really uh, to be um, be open to to do something different i mean there's no reason to to do um, the same as everybody else is doing be uh, yeah dare to be different and uh, and you don't have to uh, find your own little uh, magic uh, thing or something a niche uh, uh, way to work you just have to do it better than than all the other guys and uh, and unfortunately that's uh, that's pretty easy to uh, to to, I mean, if you show up on time and you clean up uh, afterwards, uh, you're already uh, doing better than most of, of the companies. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, you have to believe in yourself and just go for it. Yeah. Some, some very valuable advice there. I couldn't agree more. So we talked about you know, earlier how important it is to have you know, fun at work. So give us your funniest job story. <laughs> well, uh, just the other day, um, we were doing like a massive uh, copper beach um, pruning. And uh, so Felicia was climbing on one side of the tree. Magnus on the, was on the other side of the tree, like way up, like 20 meters up. And um, so the clients, they come out onto the porch and, uh, and the wife says like, oh, that's amazing. They're climbing around like apes up there. And then the, 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 the husband is like, Mm, yeah, like kind of mansplaining. Well, dear, that's why it's called an ape o wrist. 
And I was just like, <laughs> I just almost couldn't <laughs> hold it in. I thought it was so hilarious. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good story. So, um, uh, do we have any questions from the audience? No, not at this point. So, um, I think Moses will, will call us the day here. Yeah, uh, I have a couple of questions. If you oh, you've got a couple of questions. Great, shoot. Why, why, don't, why do you not have a Danish flag on your Instagram? If you want to, you know, cover Hobel Scandinavia, I think you have a, you're missing a Danish flag there. Well, you know, we're, um, we only have a Swedish flag at the moment, so... Uh, and Norwegian and Finnish, I think. And Finnish, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the, the company we're using for checkout has just uh, signed up with the, you know, the, uh, uh, a Danish bank. So, um, you know, uh, just wait and see. Um, it will probably be there uh, in less than a month. Oh, good. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then... Uh, we're, so we're going to be able to ship to Denmark as well. And we're also translating the, uh, the web page to English as a first step. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, we, we kind of understand each other. You know, I understand Danish as well. So uh, <laughs> I work for a Danish company. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, well, we're working on that, actually. So, um, oh, well, that's pretty cool. And then I actually have uh, another question. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you can uh, answer it, or maybe some of the the skilled uh, climbers out there can. Um, we're looking for um, a really static CE-approved uh, rope for ascent, uh, like for climbing competitions. So when you're climbing with your with your TAS, with your TAS love too, um, you need a rope between uh, ten and eleven millimeters, and it needs to be as static as possible and still be CE certified. Um, so and that's uh, yeah. So I'm really I'm really curious what what people think is a good rope for that. Um, we used to to uh, to use a, a snake bite, but that's not CE approved. So we need to find a new, a new uh, alternative. So if anybody uh, have a good idea what to use uh, when climbing on the test, I'm really interesting interested to hear. Yeah, I think you know the the, the biggest problem is the tests here because you know they only take you know. Uh, what is it, 10, 10 and a half to 11? Yeah, I think 10, 10 to 11, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, there, there's a KM3 match from, um, you know, it's made by, uh, it's uh, from Portfelberger. Yeah. Um, it's in the resource of the Extrema. Extrema. Um, Extrema, here comes, um, yeah. Extrema from from Quran. Okay, yeah. So uh, check him out. I will. I will. It's always uh, interesting to to find new new equipment and uh, like uh, like the new ropes with the with the eyelet the, that you can pull through the the zigzag and stuff. Uh, it's uh, I really like uh, all these uh, developments that are coming out. Yeah. I know we're we're constantly uh, constantly you know scanning for for new products and you know uh, it's not all the time that you know um, the manufacturers tell what they have in the pipeline so um, <laughs> it's, it's a constant work. Yeah, yes, it's kind of uh, funny because the, the the rope that I use for for climbing most of the time is like a, the Petzl Flow eleven point six mil rope, 
and it has an eye in, in, in one end that can go through the zigzag, but in the other end, it just it's just cut off like a normal rope. And, and it yeah. just puzzles me because the wear on, on the rope is always within like five meters of the, of the eye splice. So it just puzzles me why they don't have an eye splice in both ends. I think maybe there's a Kurong. that has a double splice. But I think, you know, the, the Petzl flow, it tends to milk. So you're not able to have a splice in, in both ends. Okay. Or well, maybe that's uh, the reason why it's be behind it. But uh, I'm really, uh, I think the next rope I'm going to gonna look uh, look into buying it would be something that has a nice slice in both ends because that just doubles the lifetime of the rope. Yeah. Maybe it's not the best for your business, but uh, it's, uh, it's nice to, to be able to, to, to do some more, uh, more climbing on one rope. Yeah, I agree. So w we, have a, we have a question here from our friend in Norway, um, uh, Maggie. Uh, XP Maggie, actually. <laughs> so uh, she's asking, will you be climbing, uh, you know, the competition in Copenhagen next year? Uh, <laughs> well, there's only one spot for a Danish climber at the World Championships. So uh, I think that's going to be a really, uh, really tough fight. But we actually have the, the Danish Championships next month. Uh, so I think maybe if we, in Denmark, we might be the only country in Europe doing a national championship uh, this year. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, we, we can't qualify for anything. I, I believe, but uh, but that just it, it's it's going to be nice to just uh, meet the the rest of the the people out there and, and get together and do some uh, some competition uh, climbing. It's been way too long since uh, the last time, but uh, yeah, regardless of uh, whether I qualify or not, uh, I, I think it's unlikely. But I, I'm really looking forward to the to the international conference in Malmo and and the, the Danish uh, the, the the world championships uh, in in Copenhagen in Denmark next year. Yeah, so do we actually. Uh, it's been it's been a bit dry on the uh, you know what what's been happening here uh, in terms of orb camps and competitions and, and such. So a lot lot of things cancelled, unfortunately. Uh, we all know why. Yeah, yeah. So and that, that's uh, another thing. Uh, that's another good reason to uh, to 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 like your social media. Uh, I mean, even though that we can't uh, meet in person, we can still uh, you know. Uh, chat like now, or we can follow each other on on, on social media, and uh, and uh, I think that's just bonds the the community together that uh, that we kind of uh, have this forum that we can uh, we can meet and and uh, and see what everybody else is up to. Exactly. So you know that's what we're looking for: uh, interesting people to have conversations with here on on the Friday afternoons. It's been uh, been a, a pleasure so far, and I'm looking forward to the uh, you know further episodes coming. So, uh, Moses, I'll let you go there. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you coming on, uh, having this very interesting conversation today. Uh, and as usual, thanks for everybody watching, uh, tuning in today. Uh, if you missed anything or want to see anything more, check it out on our YouTube or IGTV channel. Um, next week, it will be a, a Swedish episode, and we will be speaking to Obay uh, Skogskonsult, who does all kinds of different interesting things. So be sure to check that out. And if you speak Swedish uh, or trying to learn, uh, that could be a good opportunity as well. So thanks, everybody. Have a nice weekend. And I hope you have great weather uh, this continued weekend. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you, Moses. Take care. Good to see you. See you. Bye.